0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCADCast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt Nickley. At the 2023 SCAD TV Fest in Atlanta, we awarded the Icon Award to the one and only Sarah Michelle Gellar. For over 30 years, from child beginnings to her modern stardom, Gellar has paved her way as a decisive, inquisitive, and courageous artist. With Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she helped define modern television— With I Know What You Did Last Summer, Scooby-Doo, and Cruel Intentions, she cemented endless coming-of-age memories for the millennial generation. And today, she is back to the supernatural realm with the Paramount Plus series, Wolfpack. She is awesome, and there are few people as charismatic. And after her multi-year hiatus from on-camera roles to focus on raising her children, it's fantastic having her back on our screens in new roles. Our school of film and acting students loved hearing from Geller, and her remarkably down-to-earth personality led to an unforgettable masterclass in today's candid interview with Paula Wallace. From SCADCAST, this is On Creativity, a conversation between Paula Wallace and Sarah Michelle Geller.
1: Sarah, welcome to SCAD TV Fest, and congratulations on your well-deserved Icon
2: Award. I am incredibly honored. This is actually one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Well, we focus on television here, and, you know, Atlanta's kind of known for that. And, in fact, I think you've been filming here. I have. One of my
2: first jobs, actually, as an adult actor was here. I did Scream 2 here, Mm -hmm. and I had been in... Like the deep uh, North Carolina beforehand doing. I know what you did. And so yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't been in a city in so long. and I was so excited to come here. So I've gotten to film here many times, but this year was the longest I've gotten to spend. In Atlanta. If you guys could just get a beach here, I could live here permanently.
1: <laughs> well, you just go a few hours down
2: south to Savannah and you've got the beach there. Fair, <laughs> but no real waves. I need I need beach waves. Otherwise, I could okay. literally live here.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know, you have so many film and television credits, um, and you just gave an incredible master class to the students, and you advise them to really watch a lot of film and television and to notice things in addition to the acting, to notice the lighting, to notice the camera replacement, to just notice so many things um, about the production. I thought that was great advice. I really believe that as an actor, our job is not just to stand on a mark and
2: learn your lines. Then I worked with an actor years ago, and it was very frustrating to me because he was, he would constantly like miss his mark and he would shadow me all the time. And I said to him, you know, our job is not just to show up and say our lines. He's like, yes, it is. And I said, no, I said, we are all a team here. And I made sure when I was on Buffy, I tried every job on set. So there is not a job on set that I haven't done. I have held a boom for an entire scene. Let me tell you something. My arms hurt. (laughs) When actors skipped their lines or jumped in, I didn't know where to go, and then I shadowed the other actor. I pulled focus. That is a mathematical job. So as an actor, when you're off your mark, you can't yeah. hit the focus mm-hmm. because it's a measurement. Mm-hmm. I've done camera. I've done what actors when you ask actors ten times to please get up slower because the camera can't follow you mm-hmm. and they're like, Yeah of course it can. Well you guess what? No it can't always. Mm-hmm. And so I always say to actors, and I, I should have said this today, but there wasn't enough time is I highly recommend trying every job in your chosen profession. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, an interior design major. Try what it's like to cover a couch one day and see how difficult it is to get the fabric, to get all of the, you know, the different angles. Like you have a better understanding of your own job when you do the other jobs that complement what you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important. And that's what a school like this also offers because you do get to try out those different yeah. Aspects of mm-hmm. each chosen profession,
1: and the students work together on the productions. So, if it, we have filmmaking students, we have acting students, we have production design students, we have sound students. So, they're all working together and collaborating as in uh, real jobs. This is real.
2: This is real. This is you know, <laughs> especially nowadays too, with all of the different YouTube and different environments, and you know, you really something you create here is seen by
1: so many people. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. I wanna to talk to you about your new series, Wolfpack, but first I'd like to take you back to that famous Buffy indie monologue. I'm sure you know the one, especially the line, every girl who could have the power will have the power. And I really highlight that because it was spoken at a time when maybe girls didn't have as much power, or didn't feel that they had as much power as they do today. And now that you're executive producer on Wolfpack, um, what are you seeking to do with that producer power? Well, I think going back to that speech, I look at the show as a
2: whole, and that speech to me encompasses the entire show. When I was growing up, maybe there was Wonder Woman, but she was superhuman, right? She was six feet tall. She was an Amazon. She, I couldn't be her. There was no, you know, I looked up to Tootie on roller skates and Facts of Life, like Mm -hmm. there wasn't girls that could fight that were doing all these things, but were also real. Mm -hmm. And I think it really opened that conversation to have those characters Mm -hmm. and now, we take for granted that the women in in film and television aren't just the girlfriend, the wife, the like whatever those characters are. Mm. Um, but I also came up at a time where it was still a pretty pretty volatile business, and actors, especially young actresses, were supposed to be seen and not heard. And you know we were replaceable, and that is so often how we're made to feel. And I don't believe that that's true. And there has to be a place to be able to speak up for yourself, but also in an appropriate manner with respect to the people that are above you. And so that's what I've really tried to create on my sets is that everybody has a voice. And it's not just about so much, often that gets misconstrued too that it's about the young actors on my show. No, no, it's also about the PAs that are there before we get there that leave afterwards that do the hardest work. And they're also 22 years old (laughs) and make sure that they have breaks to eat. Because Mm -hmm. I remember we had this one PA who would go three days on Celsius. And I'd be like, you need to stop and eat like a meal. Mm -hmm. And if I have to be the one to do your job for 10 minutes so you can sit and have a sandwich, like great, I'm here, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I think, we again, you have to look at it holistically. And a lot of times in this industry, you hear the term above the line, below the line. And I hate that, Mm -hmm. I hate it. That Mm -hmm. producers and lead actors are up here and everyone else, it's like, yeah, well, without everyone else, this doesn't get made. This
1: doesn't get made.
2: And so I like to work on sets where we all really work together, where everybody knows everybody's names. everybody knows. I remember for years, before I even had kids, I would always try, we'd always, you're always shooting on Halloween, right? And all these crew members would always want to, they'd miss trick-or-treating with their kids. And I remember even on Buffy, I would say, let's take a 5 a.m. crew call that day, and let's get everybody out by 6.30 so they can be home with their families. And I don't know how I understood that then, because now I really understood it having kids. <laughs> um, but on jobs I were on, like they'd get, you know, the lead actor out to be with their kids, and everyone else would still be working. I want to be on the set where everybody gets those moments
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we're people first. Mm-hmm. And as a producer, and as you mentioned before, taking note of the importance of all of these other aspects, um, and you're in the position of really being ultimately responsible for the, the outcome too. Yeah,
2: and I'm in a position where I can make change. You can. Make I can make change, change happen,
1: mm-hmm. and, you know.
2: I can take all my experience and you know now in the words of glinda use it for good you know and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to make it so that it's the norm on sets to have that situation and i think you get a lot by having an actor producer on set because we're the ones that are there in the trenches every day Mm -hmm. so we see things like Jeff Davis, my partner, who you guys will all meet tonight, Mm -hmm. he's one of the best partners, but he's not always there. So I can call him and say, hey, I witnessed this. I'm not, what do you want to do about this? And he'd be like, let's take care of it. Mm -hmm. But he wouldn't have known if I wasn't there Mm -hmm. telling him those things. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But to notice the details, very
1: important. There's an impressive array of young actors in the Wolfpack ensemble and also your recent Netflix project, Do Revenge. What's your approach to connecting with teenage actors, given that you helped blaze the trail that they are on? You're a real teenage success story. Thank you. (laughs) Um,
2: You know, I I think I said this earlier, too. Like, I have so much to learn from them. And so I treat them as my equal and I take There are things that you know i could be jaded about i've done rodrigo and i said this a lot to my co-star in that you know sometimes we look at scenes and we look at it our way because we've been doing it for so long but then they come in and they have this energy and this effusiveness and new ways to look at it and so we have to equally learn Mm -hmm. from them and you know we're it's an open door policy for both of us and i told them on day one i said look i won't be here every day i do go home a lot but here's my cell phone it's always on call me Mm-hmm. And they really did. They really learned to be like, this happened on set today. Is this weird? Is this okay? I felt weird about this. And I always say, I'm, if I'm not on my phone at that minute, within an hour, I'll get back to you. Yes. And I did. And I, I liked that they had that and they, that they used, they used it.
1: Mm-hmm. It was for important
2: us. for me to have them here today. Like we are all here together and we're all here to celebrate and experience and learn. And um, I think because of that environment, we all get along really, really well, even though we may be at very, very different places in mm-hmm. our lives.
1: Trust and respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of legacy, Buffy means so much to millions around the world. And it's not an exaggeration to say that without Buffy, there may not be Stranger Things or Lovecraft Country or Walking Dead <laughs> or so many other supernatural monster shows. TV storytelling now seems limitless. What's your take on the current state of the industry? I really love where the industry's going. We still have some work to do. I know it's a little confusing and a
2: little overwhelming with all of the different streaming platforms now. And I know that it can also be financially draining to have all these different subscriptions. So there's going to be ways that we're going to figure out how to work that better. But I love the idea that we bring television to consumers in the way they want to consume it. Do they want to binge? Do they want to watch with no commercials? Do they want to watch at night? Do they, you know, on an airplane? Like, I like that we bring it to them. You know, I'm old school. I still like to cast to my television and see it on a big screen. My kids, they like to watch on iPads. That's how they've been brought up. I think that all of these channels allow us also to tell creative stories differently. I would have loved to have seen Buffy as a streaming show and how much further we could have gone. Also, not having to do 22 episodes a year where you get really physically and emotionally burnt out. So I'm. I love where television is heading right now. And I love that movies are part of the television landscape now too. Mm -hmm. Like a movie like Do Revenge, getting cruel intentions off the ground was not easy Mm -hmm. because our moviegoers, you know, teenagers can't buy tickets by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. The adult needs to buy them and they choose the movies often. Are they going to be able to go see it? Is it going to make enough money to sustain? Now you can make those because teenagers can drive that now because you can watch it at home. Mm-hmm. And so it was much easier to get a due revenge made and also to push the envelope as much further as we did, mm-hmm. because we didn't have to worry so much about opening weekend numbers, and people could discover it. There's a a whole discovery process now.
1: I mean, as you're saying, they can watch it as each episode is released or wait and binge it if they prefer. Although my kids'
2: friends are very upset about this because they do not like this whole waiting once a week. With the waiting. They are are on-demand television watchers. (laughs) They complain all the time to me about it. And we're still waiting for your big episode. Yes, I have told everyone it's definitely... I'm a slow bird in the beginning. And I think people know, like obviously I'm there for a reason. It's gonna happen. And four through eight will be all about me. One through three is about the kids, four through eight, you'll find out why I'm there. And you'll really, this episode three, which we're gonna screen tonight is where I first meet Rodrigo Santoro. But our relationship really starts to develop in four.
1: Well, I'm wondering, are you the arsonist? You know, I'll have to keep, keep wondering for a while.
2: My children all have different theories on it. It's really funny to hear who they think is the arsonist.
0: Hey, everyone. I want to take a second to tell you about SCAD Serve, SCAD's in-house consultancy that specifically partners with other NGOs and community welfare groups. Their many undertakings include transforming a former residence hall into affordable housing for frontline workers in Savannah and redesigning businesses in the Sweet Auburn area of Atlanta to assure they continue to thrive and serve. If you have a SCAD serve proposal or want to learn more, visit scad.edu. And now, back to the conversation.
1: So many people's success can be traced back to soap operas. And um, you stepped into one of the most famous, All My Children and Earned an Emmy. Soaps are considered an excellent training ground. What did the rapid pace of soap filming teach you? It's, It's so
2: funny you bring that up. I was just having
1: this conversation with someone the other day
2: because so many great actors. I was explaining to my son who's obsessed with Michael B. Jordan that Michael B. Jordan was on All My Children with me. And now that soaps... Like I even asked my kids if they know what a soap opera is because there's so few of them on now and it's not that same ground that like I came up on. But pace, I can learn my lines very quickly. I can hit a mark without looking. Like it, there's so much of the technical aspect that goes into daytime. So if an actor can do all that and is good, you can spot them. I was telling a story the other day that I still watched all my children after I was gone. And there was a young actor on it and I watched him and I was like, this kid's gonna be a star. And I knew he was leaving soon I knew his contract was almost up and I brought his tape to the creators of Buffy and I said this kid is going to be gone in off the soap in like five months I know we're getting ready to cast he didn't he wasn't named yet but it was going to be Riley Buffy's boyfriend Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this kid's going to be a star you should watch the tape again not a producer on the show I don't think they ever watched it this actor left the soap within two months got win a date with Ted Hamilton and Vegas it was Josh Duhamel and I said, "I you just you just saw it like that kid was going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people don't even realize like Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman both came from All My Children. They actually played the same role, if I'm not mistaken, which is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kelly Rippa or Alec Baldwin or Julianne Moore. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. so many that came.
1: Yeah. So many. Yeah. You mentioned Kevin Bacon before. I think he was on.
2: Yes, he was on Search for Tomorrow, I think, which. <laughs> probably no one watching this would be like, wait, what? (laughs) Showing my age there. It's kind of a phenomenon around the world, those soaps. It Mm. is still really big. I was actually just in Italy last week and um, I have a friend that's on Bold and the Beautiful, two friends, and they're like way more famous than even me in in Italy because Bold and the Beautiful is like super huge. But Mm -hmm. I just, soaps for me were, but I guess we didn't have, there wasn't teen programming. I was watching this documentary, actually on 90210 the other day and like that was the first real teen soap Mm. because that didn't exist then. So that's why teenagers watched the other kind of soap operas, because we didn't, make, we didn't make TV for them. And that's what this landscape allows us now. It allows us mm-hmm. to make all of these different shows. And I think what was difficult about network TV, it, and even basic cable, like in HBO, is they had a very specific type of show. So if a comedy was an NBC comedy, it wasn't a CBS comedy. Because the, and so if you, you only had a limited number of places you could bring your projects to, because they didn't fit in, mm-hmm. now these theses are much bigger on Amazon or Hulu or Paramount. Hmm. So what works on them can work on all of them. And so you have more places to bring projects,
1: Hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Everyone loves a good Hollywood love story and yours with Freddie Prince Jr. has fairy tale elements, meeting on set, falling in love after being friends, and now over two decades married. Congratulations. Thank you. How is it, How was it working with Freddie on so many high profile projects and are you planning any new projects together you can share?
2: We're not really planning to work together right now for a couple of reasons. One is we do have, our kids are still fairly young and so one of us needs to be full-time at home. But also I think it takes away a little bit of the magic because you know how it winds up. <laughs> um, there's, oh, I was talking also about this this morning. There's one example where I think they utilized a Hollywood couple really, really well. And that was Friends. They had Brad Pitt guest star But he hated jennifer aniston's character and that was kind of fun to watch because it's not what you expect from them but i think when a lot of times when you get couples on screen together you already know they're going home together it takes away some of the magic so um i don't think so uh and when you don't have kids it's easier to work together because you can travel you can do whatever now i think it would would be difficult we need parenting. You need parenting. But we're allowed to be able to do animated stuff together. We mm-hmm. did cameos in Kevin Clerk and Kevin Smith's Clerks movie. Say that five times. <laughs> so I
1: do think that there is places where we can do stuff together. One of the things you and Freddie have done together is the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Your list of animated credits also includes The Simpsons and Robot Chicken among others. Well here at SCAD, animation students and performing arts students collaborate on projects throughout their academic career and they find out just how challenging acting and directing animated performances can be. How do you approach a voiced character?
2: Yeah, it, it, at first you think, oh, it's so easy. I can go in my sweatpants. I don't have to learn my lines. They're on a piece of paper, but you are responsible for that performance, but it also has to match what's already been animated. And so that's a complicated process because you have to work together on that. My favorite Star Wars story is that um, my husband was a series regular. He did seven, six seasons on it. I came on for one season and I got the ride at Disneyland. And he was so bitter that they had uh, this training academy and you could fight either the good guys or the bad guys. And my character is Seven Sisters, one of the characters you could fight. And so when you fight the character, my voice comes out of the, the yeah. So he's a little angry about that. Um, but sad to say, they actually took that ride down now, so I don't have a ride at Disneyland anymore. Uh, but animation is wonderful. I mean, it's, it really allows you to go farther. You have to push yourself and you have to sort of balance over the top but also keeping it real. Mm-hmm. I love animation.
1: Mm-hmm. You do have such a great voice.
2: You're very kind. I like most people cannot stand the sound of their own voice.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about fashion. You love it, I love it. And earlier today you were in the Scad Fashion Museum of Fashion and Film where we featured several costume exhibitions from film and television. Do you involve yourself in the costuming of your roles? That is one of the biggest
2: parts for me. And also, I think I told you earlier, I came here for the Christian Siriano exhibit while I was filming. I love costume exhibits. Mm -hmm. To me, that's when I know, when I really find a character is when I find her wardrobe. And I always said, jobs never seemed real to me until I got the call from the costume designer for sizes. That was always like the mark for me. And when you put someone's costume on, you really find the character. And usually it takes one or two episodes, too. Like, even with Kristen, I think we sort of found her. Like, we couldn't figure out what her thing was. Like, what what made her a little bit different. And we finally came up with the idea that she had, and it's an homage to Buffy, because Buffy was very big on her boots. And so Kristen wears these, like, really specific in-your-face boots to let you know. Yeah. But it's a mark of who she is. She walks with purpose. Mm -hmm. Those boots are always heavy, so she has a heavier... Gate, um, and it really took a couple episodes to sort of figure out that was how she individualized her uniform, because mm-hmm. uniform is mainly her, her investigation jacket. Uh, we were talking about Scooby-Doo earlier, like those mm-hmm. costumes were so specific. Catherine and Cruel Intentions, we built the character from her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most important tools an actor can utilize, and I always say there's, there's three people on a set when you start that you really need to make sure to befriend. You want to befriend the DP and the operator, because they're gonna make you look good or bad right away. So you wanna, oh, and if they DP and you don't see eye to eye, which happens a lot with me, befriend the gaffer, because they can protect you in ways nobody else can. You always wanna befriend the teamsters. You want hot water in your trailer. You want your trailer like, clean and that stuff. And the teamsters know where all the bodies are buried. So you always befriend the teamsters. And wardrobe. Wardrobe. wardrobe because you're creating the character. Those are just my opinions, but those are the three areas where I feel like
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What are some of your favorite 90s fashion trends that you see popping up again? I mean, there were those baby doll dresses, spaghetti straps. The the Doc Martens for me. Martins. I But of course, I never stopped wearing them. Like they never <laughs> went
2: out for me, but um, I love the Doc Martens. The chokers are difficult because I feel like it really chops your neck off. And so I wasn't a fan then, although I wore them and I'm still working that out. Um, I love the hairdos of the 90s, very into all of that coming back. The t-shirts over dresses, I think there's a place for too that's coming back. Yeah,
1: t-shirts
2: over dresses. I mean, t-shirts under dresses. Under over, dress, under, okay. Under. okay. Yeah, you know what I mean, with the, the t-shirt with the yeah. strappy dress over that's it.
1: That's right, the strappy dress. Um, or like the jean jacket over it.
2: I, again, I've never stopped. I've always never worn stopped. a leather or a jean, has always been over all of my outfits. That's never changed. <laughs>
1: You know, of course, that you and I share a good friend in Christian Siriano and another friend, Ashley Longshore, live painted at Christian's 2019 show, inspired by 90s icons, you. Um, Tell me about your relationship with Christian. How did it begin? It began began as a fan.
2: My husband and I were avid, and this will surprise me about Freddie. We don't watch a lot of TV together, but he would sit for Project Runway with me because he... Was fascinated by watching these young designers have these challenges and use these, you know, uh, different tools and different um, fabrics or whatever it was. And he, we both fell in love with Christian on the show. We would do Christian imitations and like, <laughs> we just like loved him. And then I got introduced to him through Selma Blair. That was my first introduction, mm-hmm. and we just like instantly knew we were supposed to be best friends. Mm-hmm. I love his mother. I still talk to his mom, his sister. He just has never changed and he loves what he does and he's passionate about it. He's kind. His fame has 0% affected him. It's pretty amazing to see. And I was, he sent me this dress to wear for something earlier in the year. And I just, it just didn't work for me. And I called him and I said, I don't want to tell you how to make your clothing. I said, but I love the top half of this dress. What do you think about doing it with pants? And I was a little nervous to say it because I'm not a fan. I haven't studied fashion. I don't really know what I'm talking about. And he I there was silence. I was like, I really I just insulted him. He's like, that's the greatest idea. I love that you thought that. And let's do it. And I was working in Atlanta. I couldn't get to New York to fit it. So I took my measurements. I sent him my measurements. He sent me the outfit remade back to Atlanta. If I tell you it fit like a glove. There was not the only thing is he said I left length on the pants so you could decide what kind of shoes you wanted and just have the pants. And it just shows The artist that he is and that he cares Mm -hmm. and that it, the fit was, I mean, it, and it was a tight fitting. I mean, this was like, it was a bustier with a, course, everything fit perfectly. And Ashley Longshore, I have been a fan of for so long and I always love when she has her installations at Bergdorf's. I always used to like sit in the cafe. Mm -hmm. I was blown away watching her paint on stage. We've stayed in touch since Mm -hmm. I met her through Christian too.
1: She's uh, A brilliant personality, and we love having her at SCADS.
2: So. I'm hoping one day I make enough money to afford an Ashley painting, but we'll see.
1: Honey, I'm sure that you can work <laughs> something out. She would love to paint you. <laughs> well, we have loved having you here today. Thank you so much for spending time with our students, and um, congratulations again on your award and I'm, all
2: of your fabulous work. I'm truly honored to be here. This really means a lot to me from you from the students. I always say this is why I do what I do. It's for the it's for the fans the people that really want to consume it and the next generation and I'm just I'm very excited to be here.
1: Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Sarah Michelle Gellar. You can watch Wolfpack on Paramount Plus and Do Revenge on Netflix. Thank you for tuning in to SCADCast and On Creativity, executive produced and hosted by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.